Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. Welcome to Haven Space. Today, we're going to be talking about a fetish that came up in conversation during last week's podcast. Um, This fetish is called myosophilia, and it has to do with breeding or the idea that you could potentially get pregnant while having sex. So it seems like a perfectly rational fetish, but some people do find this a huge turn on the idea of thinking that they're playing with risk and that potentially they could get pregnant if um, they continue having sex in the way that they're doing it. So typically this um, kind of fetish has to do with PIV sex, penis and vagina sex. Typically um, there are people who are very kind of traditional in their roles and would then say, oh, I'm going to get you pregnant or something along those lines. But also remember that not everybody fits into those categories, has those possibilities. So sometimes it could be something like um, toy play and it could also be something with some element of like alien uh, role play thing. And in those cases, we're talking about something called oviposition which I'll get to in a second. So what categories does this fit into? For sure, um, all things that have to do with bodily fluid play include like cum play. Um, This is definitely one of those things. Lots of bodily fluids or like pretend bodily fluids, which seems like the same category really anyways. Um, Forced impregnation, forced rape, like gang rape, uh, especially with the purpose of impregnating someone can be part of this fetish. Sometimes... um, gang bangs could result in kind of the um, idea that you want someone to knock you up and and these guys are going to just like fight for that for you or these like very masculine figures figures are going to do that so there is an element of that that could come into play um fluid play always um risk play anytime you're kind of edging something that is like oh you're you can't come inside of me right now and you're kind of playing with the dynamic of living on the edge or some risk factor, that is a whole other, it incorporates a whole other element. So a lot of people who enjoy risk play um, could like this type of play also. Um, There are definitely elements of power dynamics. So for example, um, the idea that you could disregard what someone's telling you during sex, of course, always only during role play would be acceptable and potentially super enjoyable. So somebody, for example, um, taking off a condom and saying like, fuck this condom, I just need to fuck you right now, I don't care if you get pregnant, that could be a part of this um, type of fetish. Um, And then let's go to Avi position. So Avi position would refer to traditionally egg laying, the egg laying fetish. And we can probably do a whole other podcast to refer to that fetish specifically. But to give you an overview, it would be kind of the idea that some alien or monster has impregnated you. And then you are now laying eggs afterwards, typically eggs that are like covered in cum or other secretions. So there's this like sexy element to, um, 
the actual egg laying part because of the fluids that come along with it, but also because of the sensation that comes along with it. So similar to like anal bead play potentially, but vaginally. In this case, oviposition is only acceptable into um, vaginal openings. Remember that anything that gets inserted into the anus has to have a flared end or a way to extract it. So like in the case of anal beads, it has to be kind of a string with a, with a place to put your finger so that you can always get it out. Um, do not try any ovipositor toys anally because you will have issues with um, the beads or eggs getting um, lodged in your colon and then you will have to go to the hospital to get those removed. So ovipositor toys then reasonably are um, toys that are shaped sort of like dildos but tend to be flexible and hollow and you can actually insert these balls, beads, or eggs into them to put them into vaginal openings. So you could role play that you're this alien and then you're putting eggs inside of somebody. And then the person could lay those eggs out. And then that's like the whole oviposition fetish. So yes, breeding porn and breeding fetishes have to do with um, baby making, but it also can be fetishized into something that's very uh, like playful and um, maybe more like ethereal than just penis and vagina sex. So what it is not um, with my research, always I come across crazy, super conservative um, websites, posts, articles, and this was obviously um, not something that would disappoint. I think it's so crazy that a fetish that seems so biological, um, so necessary for, you know, like the species to continue, they still have... Um, something bad to say, but I, what I encountered is that this was the abortion fetish, that people fetishize getting pregnant and then having the article specifically talked about on purpose late-term abortions um, because it was, quote, relationship bonding. Um, this is not an abortion fetish. Um, I have never come across an abortion fetish. I don't believe that it is a thing, even though I understand that fetishes come in all shapes and sizes, even things that we don't think could be fetishized are. Honestly, abortions, specifically late-term abortions, are incredibly invasive. They're incredibly painful. Um, I do not believe, and I will continue not to believe, that anybody who has an alternative will choose to have a late-term abortion. So no, um, having a breeding, breeding fetish and having breeding conversations during sex and even actually trying to get pregnant because you enjoy the edge play during sex or enjoying actually getting pregnant because let's face it, there are people out there who want babies and it can lead to some really fabulous, fantastic baby making sex too. So this is not an abortion fetish. This is not a fetish to get pregnant and terminate a pregnancy. It's the fetish to kind of edge play with the idea of pregnancy, um, not necessarily actually the goal of achieving pregnancy. It is also not a pregnancy fetish. So some people love the idea of a pregnant woman, um, lactation, 
this is not that. This is the edge right before then. And I will pick up the pregnancy and lactation fetishes on another podcast because that's a whole other animal. Why people like it? Well, let's be real. Biology, right? Everything inside of us should want to crave pregnancy. Whether we're straight, gay, bi, pan, omni, it doesn't matter. We are built to crave the idea of babies. We love babies and we want to bring them into this world and it's juicy and delicious to enjoy the pleasure that comes along with creating them. And it doesn't matter if you happen to not be into someone that could technically get you pregnant. Typically, the idea of edge play is pretty universal. Um, Also, remember, penis shapes themselves are meant to act like plungers. So imagine that physiologically, we have actually been created to um, kind of share partners, but also to be the person that actually impregnates somebody. So a penis will plunge out, come from a person before so that your sperm can swim faster. Remember, what we've been told about how ejaculation works as far as like ejaculation reaches into the cervix and then sperm swims into the egg as fast as it can and women are passive is actually untrue. Cervical folds hold on to semen and cervical folds are the ones who decide when and how far sperm and semen will get pushed into the uterus. So there is control. Uh, Females or people with uteruses do have control over uh, their own impregnation to a certain extent. That doesn't mean that you have to be joyful. And that doesn't mean that if you have, um, if you are raped, then your body has quote ways to shut that stuff down. But it does mean that people with uteruses are not passive receivers of sperm. So keep that in mind, right? But our bodies are made to um, physically um, beat other people and get have higher odds of actually being the person whose sperm reaches that egg. Um, There is an element of kind of ownership and possession that could be one of the reasons people like it. The idea that getting someone pregnant now means that you are bonded to that person. That can be like a whole other super sexy turn on. Um, Or the idea even of quote, property theft, where somebody could be in a relationship with someone else, but because you got them pregnant, then they now become some kind of claim to you. Similarly, in the opposite direction, if the person who is getting someone pregnant is in a relationship, then becoming pregnant has a similar element of like property theft that could be considered um, sexy and attractive to people. Again, I'm not saying people are property or that it's appropriate to think of people as property, but I'm saying these elements of role-playing and these ideas of um, kind of possession and claim over people are super pervasive in our culture and therefore are a huge part of how we develop kinks, fetishes, and things that turn us on. I'm not saying they're not toxic. I'm not saying that they're appropriate. But what I am saying is it doesn't mean that they're not sexy on some level, whether it's enculturated or if it comes from us naturally. Another element that tends to bring this to the forefront is the fact that it's actual deep penetration. So when you're um, looking at porn, for example, and there is um, a penis and vagina sex going on, 
and there's any ejaculation, most of the time the ejaculation occurs somewhere where you can see it, the big cum shot, right? So it's like to the face or to the stomach or, um, or right outside of a vagina or anus so that you can actually see all of the cum. In the case of breeding play, there's always deep penetration and ejaculation occurs deep inside. So if you're watching it or if you're hearing about it or if it's happening to you, it tends to be a lot more realistic because of the depth of sensation. So that is something that people like a lot more also. Playing with that edge always, always playing with, am I going to get pregnant? Am I not? Is it okay? Um, are we safe? Um, the risk factor continues to be a thread in people's arousal. So remember what I said on the other podcast. So people have this urge to feel um, on the edge of what is comfort because discomfort breeds arousal the same way as fight or flight, right? They're both um, arousing sensations. They both um, kind of wake you up. And that's why I'm what I'm meaning by arousing. They come from the same part of your brain. So yes, it totally makes sense that when we're living on the edge and risk, um, risk moments, those things are things that turn us on too. Um, where can you find it? So you can definitely do this in your own house and you can find it with any of your partners um, very easily. And you can also find it on certain websites. So FetLife, F-E-T-Life.com is kind of a social media um, um, website where you could basically meet other people who also have fetishes. A lot of times it's BDSM, uh, power play dynamic stuff, but it is a place where you can just freely exist. Um, you can also sell pictures and videos of yourself on there. So um, definitely support sex workers, especially during times like quarantine. If you like watching porn, why not watch porn directly from the people that are acting in it so that they can actually get the benefit instead of some big production company, right? And also added bonus, these people tend to be kinky and it tends to be stuff that they like and being watched may be something that they like. So why not share in that experience? If you want to watch porn anyways, why not do it um, and get used to watching someone who's actually enjoying what they're doing and kind of change our perception of what pornography is, which is exploitation, right? That's not always the case. And we can create um, feminist activist porn that has to do with us getting the pleasure and sharing the pleasure with each other all we want, right? So um, FetLife is a great website for that. Reddit um, is also a good website, uh, Reddit slash breeding. Um, I want to say it was Reddit slash breeder or uh, breed girls. Also, there was a bunch of threads. Every single one is for a different type. So the slash breeding is definitely just conversations about breeding play. Um, sometimes um, it's the little stories. Reddit slash um, dirty pen pals is a thread for people who want to find people to have sexy conversations and stories online with. And um, that may be a great thing for you to engage in if you like that kind of thing. It's rather safe. Um, you can use an alternate email address. You can also do this, engage in this kind of like sexy back and forth conversation with a partner. 
and other people in a way that seems less threatening because you're not exchanging pictures and videos of each other, just sexy stories, and they could also be hypothetical stories. So that could be a really fun new element to add to a partnership. Um, there is no partner searching on those threads. There is a Reddit thread for partner searching for breeding, and I forget what it is called, but if you look up breeding, you can surely find it very easily. Um, I will say breeding partners are a very difficult subject for many reasons, but the main reason is safety. So again, if you're looking for someone to have fluid bonded play, which means um, sex without a condom, without barriers at all, and exchange bodily fluids, make sure you're getting tested. Get tested together. Getting tested can be really cheap at your local centers. There's also websites online when you can do it from home and you can actually subscribe to have it done um, monthly or quarterly. A website that I know and use regularly is everlywell.com and you can take your own test at home, share results. I think that's always a really great idea. Also, came across a website called Known Donor Registry, K-N-O-W-N DonorRegistry.com, and it is a website for people who are actually trying to get pregnant, other people who fetishize getting people pregnant or just simply want to help, and it is a free website where you can get together with people who do or do not want to use fertility treatments. So if you are looking to actually get pregnant, to find a co-parent, or to just be quote-unquote inseminated, really just to have sex with somebody and have the potential of getting pregnant, check out the site. And what a great, fabulous idea, right? To create a way to kind of circumvent all of the red tape that goes along with getting pregnant if you are unpartnered or you don't have the amount of money that it takes to do fertility treatments, which by the way, is not a small amount of money. So um, I encourage you to check that out if that is something that you seem interested in. Um, people don't get help or do their research on this subject a lot of times simply because it's taboo, especially when it comes to actually getting pregnant. We don't want to hear about someone that went around on the internet to find somebody to have a child with. Why that is, I don't know. Is it irresponsible? It's probably not as irresponsible as getting wasted at a party having sex with 15 guys and then getting pregnant and not knowing what the hell you're doing, right? Not to say that that is unacceptable, by the way, because we're all doing the best we can. And sometimes the best we can is really enjoying ourselves at a party with 15 guys. But also keep in mind that it's okay to have open conversations about what you like and what you're into. So how to prepare. Have a conversation with your partner before you start having sex. Most of the time, the time to talk about making babies is not while you're having sex, especially if you don't know the other person's situation. Um, have a conversation about birth control if you're actually wanting to have a baby. If you're not wanting to have a baby, what is your technique? Um, a lot of people are not on birth control. A lot of men don't have vasectomies or people with penises don't have vasectomies. And so I, I encourage you to have conversations about... Um, potential problems. So for example, the morning after pill has certain risks associated with it. It's a really high dose of hormones. If you don't like taking hormonal birth control because of the hormones themselves, especially women over 30 should not be taking hormonal birth control regularly. Um, 
know that the morning after pill is a higher dose and carries a lot of the same side effects. So it's just not a viable option for you to be using regularly. Also, the morning after pill only works after sex. So if you think, for example, that you're having a sexy weekend, you have sex on Friday, and then you take a morning after pill on Saturday, and then by Sunday, you think you're still fine because the pill's probably still acting. That is not the case. So the risk of the morning after pill a lot of times comes with just lack of knowledge surrounding it. And because it's available over the counter, you don't have to meet with a doctor to actually know how to use it well. So don't rely on that method. Um, You can also use things like Natural Cycles, which is an app where you can track your temperature and therefore know your ovulation days and your risk days. Um, But that doesn't mean that you won't actually find it sexier to have sex when you're ovulating. So that is part of the fetish. So of course, birth control agreements, consent, and respect always um, talking about options. Now let's discuss stealthing. So stealthing is a practice that has kind of increased in the last few years. And stealthing has to do with removing a condom without a partner knowing that you're removing the condom. A lot of times in the middle of sex. So a lot of times in the middle of sex, you could be very moist, there could be a lot of lubrication, and you don't even notice that somebody has removed a condom. So the idea of removing a condom without somebody being aware, and by the way, not having consented to having fluid-bonded sex is not only assault, but is also illegal. So make sure that you understand that it breaks consent boundaries to have sex in a way that wasn't agreed upon. So don't stealth people. But also, you can negotiate if this is something that seems kind of sexy because the idea that you could potentially want to rip off a condom and be like, fuck it, I'm willing to risk it because you feel so good um, could be sexy and part of the play, but make sure that's negotiated ahead of time. Um, Remember that coercive play could be really, really toxic, could be unacceptable unless it's part of your role play scenario. So make sure that you've had those conversations before. Hey, I really like it when you tell me no and can I keep going? And then establish your traffic light system like I talked about. Green, yellow, red. You never will say green really because then you're in the mood. Say yellow when you're approaching something that you don't like and say red when you're done having sex and you're done with the moment. Um, Except that sometimes people go a little far, especially in edge play and this type of thing. But Try to have good conversations about it beforehand so that it doesn't become a problem. Certain terms to remember in this situation would be um, seed is what we would call sperm. Um, Seeder would be the person that's depositing sperm. In most cases, it would be someone with a penis, but it could also be the person role-playing this alien if you're doing oviposition. Um, And then, of course, the seeded would be the person who is receiving semen after they have received it. So these are all terms you can use to look online for what you want. Um, Finally, to give you a few ideas, you can use phrases like, I really want you to come inside of me. I don't care if I get pregnant. You just feel so good. Um, You could use terms like, I think the condom broke. I might get pregnant. Terms like, I'm ovulating. Um, Some... Uh, power dynamic plays could be like, I'll make sure you don't leave me. I'll get you pregnant. I'll lock you in. Things like that could be seen as like very sexy in this type of play, especially if it's negotiated ahead of time. So to recap this chapter on uh, breeding play, we talked about what breeding play is, what it is not, 
We talked about why people like it, where you can find it on Reddit and FetLife and possibly in your own life, on how to prepare, talking about birth control and potential side effects of um, just shocking someone with a statement about getting you pregnant. Uh, We talked about stealthing and things to look out for, toxic power dynamics and how to avoid them, and we of course set up a traffic light system to make sure that we're getting exactly what we want. So until next time, thanks for listening. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.